Father, we thank you that you love each one of us. Father, everyone here is special in your sight. Lord, we just thank you that we can come to you when we're heavily laden or whatever we've got and we can bring it to you and take on your yoke because it's really light. So, Father, I just want to commit this time into your hands. I pray that the anointing that's on my life, Lord, the mighty Holy Spirit would share today. And, Lord, that your word would touch our hearts, that every heart would be open. And, Lord, that miracles would happen in this place today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to start off. You know, uh, all of us come from different backgrounds. All of us. We've all walked a different road when we were young. And, and you look at somebody and you think, well, uh, you know, the mind judges and, and, and make, comes to conclusions. So I want to start off with a little bit of my journey. Uh, I was born into a Jehovah's Witness house. So my whole youth, uh, my young life was knocking on people's doors and telling them about Jehovah and trying to convert them to be a Jehovah's Witness. Um, found it very, very difficult because when you go to uh, somebody's house and one of the schoolmates are there <laughs> and, and you've got to stand there. I used to hide behind my mother because <laughs> uh, it was very, you know, it was quite embarrassing. Um, when I got to high school, they used to call me Junior Jehovah and I became a punching bag. Uh, as I got older, um, I became disillusioned because following man and man's, um, uh, what man expects of you is hard with no help. And so I failed. I failed to be good enough. And, uh, and, and so I drifted off, did my thing, and... Um, uh, started drinking, had a marriage breakup. I was married to another Jehovah's Witness. Married her because that might help me stay a Jehovah's Witness. You know, I tried everything, failed, and uh, and the Jehovah's Witnesses got involved and they broke up the marriage and uh, and I was devastated. But you know, Jesus, Jesus was always there. When I went to people's doors and they said, I don't believe in God. Oh, let me tell you about God. A tree doesn't just happen. There's got to be some, something that creates it. And so all my life, I was, that's how I was. Well, then uh, um, actually Sue's sister was a born-again Christian and they were praying for us. And through a, a whole series of things. Sue gets saved and I told her to keep religion out of my house. I know all about religion. In fact, I got quite aggressive because religion did nothing for me as it will never do anything for you either. You'll just fail and continue to fail. But one day I saw a lady's leg grow in front of my eyes you know, I didn't want to get too close because something might jump off and grab me. But, but I wanted to see. And I saw this leg start to grow. And I thought to myself, if God did that, maybe he's touchable. 
Before that, he was way up there and I was way down here. And there was a big distance between us. Well, eventually, I came to a place and said, Yes, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. And a journey started, and I guess today I would say that this is God in the journey of Rod. Well, that nearly rhymed. (laughs) You know... God has a plan for each one of us when we come to him. It's not just come and jump in. I was sitting there thinking about a fish. And if you catch a fish and you don't clean it up, it doesn't taste very good. But you clean it up. That's what the first thing you do is clean it up. And God had to clean me up. I had bad theology, had to go. I was broken and I had to be healed. Uh, I had to go through a whole process of reading the Word of God day after day after day. We had prayer meetings in the evenings, saw amazing things happen, God doing amazing things. But in the midst of that, God said to me, Rod, I'm going to take you into many lands in this world. Well, that sounds terrific. In fact, I went to the church and I said to one of the people in the church, this is what the Lord's told me. Guess what happened? (laughs) I'm the baby. (laughs) It's not going to happen. And uh, Tim, I might need some help here because things are running off. And so... So I... uh, We were in this this church and the the minister said to us, to me, Rod, I want to take you and get you trained and and they have a school in Brisbane. And I thought, well, um, you know, we all like to go and do something, right? (laughs) This is God's new thing for me. And so I agreed to go. But you know, um, it was a healing ministry. And first they went through deliverance and then they went through healing. And, 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 and because I was so broken, I was really no use to God. I thought I was. <laughs> I thought I could do anything. <laughs> now I'm saved. Glory to God. I'm going to change the world. <laughs> but I was so broken. And we'd go in for, this, uh, for a healing time and, and it was all about you get healed and then you can... Freely, freely, you, you, you've received now, freely, freely give. And uh, so I'd go in and I'd finish this, uh, school on, on the weekend and I'd come home and my head was like, like in a vice. And, and then next year they said, well, the school's on this year, away we go to Brisbane again. And I thought, oh, I don't know why I went, to be honest. And, and I went through the whole thing again, and my hair was like a vice. Um, but, you know, I never realized that I had so much rejection in my life that every time in the last school I did, the heavens came clear over me. I had a clear heaven above me because so much of the rubbish 
had been taken out and I'd, I'd, I'd learned so much as the Holy Spirit was teaching. And, and I was being changed. You know, when Sue had a friend and, and I never talked. And the friend says, what's wrong with him? <laughs> and then when I got saved, I thought, well, how am I going to talk to people? I've got to watch the cricket. <laughs> I can talk about cricket. <laughs> oh, boy, that's a long time ago, 43 years ago. And then the Lord started something else. I'm reading from uh, Psalms uh, 18, verse 32. It is God who, whose arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. For my, uh, my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saying help my, your, you make your saving help my shield. And your right hand sustains me. And so the Lord was going to have to train me. <laughs> he was going to be the trainer. And so da- today I really want to talk about the training of the Lord. You know, he doesn't want us to go running into the battle and, and be knocked out. You know, I heard a really, really sad thing when I was over in, uh, in uh, Africa and they said, oh, we had a young lady here and, and she had a miracle ministry. Uh, she couldn't preach. Someone else preached. But every time she prayed for somebody, miracles and healings happened. I said, where is she? Oh, she's not in the ministry anymore. And, that, and I think that's the saddest, saddest thing that happens to us. Psalms 114 says, Praise the Lord, uh, praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield, in whom I take refuge, who subsides peoples under me. Lord, what are human beings that you would care for them? So to take me and to thrust me into ministry, uh, God doesn't work that way. He trains us. He trains us for the battle. He trains us for what's up ahead. And, and my life has been that ever since. He's trained me for war. And uh, I, I had a... Um, uh, a dream, and I've got to find it because everything went flying. Um, and it was about the river. Anyway, I probably don't need that anyway. But in the dream, uh, I saw the Lord calling people into the river. You know, we were in a river, and He was calling each one of us into the river. 
But there were some that were jumping in, jumping out, jumping in, jumping out. And there were things that were stopping them staying in the river. I want you to think about that today. What stops you staying in the river? Was it lack of trust? You know, the Bible says that, that it's by faith. Everything is by faith. And faith is trusting. And, you know, some, some that have been in the faith for many, many years have had a lot of things that have knocked them around and they've lost their trust in the Lord. And I'm speaking to you today. You know, when I saw those that jumped into the river, it's, uh, the river started to take them uh, and it was a letting go. In fact, uh, I had a, a chap come to our church and he, uh, uh, he said, okay, I want everybody who has a ministry in the Lord come up and give it back to God. And I sat there and I thought, huh, well, I'm not going to do that. Um, he gave it to me. Why would I give it back to him? He might never give it back again. I mean, that's what I thought. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, I can't do that until the Holy Spirit really gave me a bit of a nudge. And I went up and I said, Lord, you've told me that we're going into many lands in this world and I'm giving it back to you. You know, um, sometimes we think we own something. We pray, Lord, your will be done. <laughs> but it's my ministry. I'm called to evangelize. Or I'm called to do this. <laughs> no, you're not. You're called to walk with Jesus. You're called to be part of what he's doing. And, and I've had some tremendous highlights. Oh, well, then, then comes six, uh, six or seven years later, six or seven years later, <laughs> but in that time, you know, I got about involved in the kingdom of God. So um, I always wanted to be there when church was there. I wanted to be part of prayer meeting because that's where God is, right? That's where you're connecting with him. So I was always at prayer meeting. Loved to see God move. And then I got involved. I, I, I was asked to do... Oh, I, well, involved in a Saturday night outreach meeting down in um, Maroochydore. Um, and, uh, and then eventually we started to take teams uh, out to Kenilworth and to Emble to go and bless those churches. I was given all the pastoral duties of the, of, of the church. You know, it was small beginnings, but you don't get the big unless you start at the small. It's all about training. God training. So, you know what? Then, then seven years later, uh, Sue comes, the pastor said, I'm taking a team to Malaysia. <laughs> they just hung two Australians. <laughs> and I'm not going. Sue, that's not for me. 
because I wasn't ready to go then because it was all about Jesus now. It wasn't about Rod. You know, I died to the whole thing. And that's exactly where he wanted me. And let's think about some of the people in the Bible. Let's talk about Moses. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house, had it all. Smart, smart. he had a terrific education. And then he wanted to identify with with the Hebrew people, so so he started his ministry. (laughs) And he went and attacked uh, an Egyptian and killed him. That's that's the worst way to start a ministry. And then he had to flee. So he's out in the back of the desert for 40 years. I'm glad I didn't have to wait for 40 years. And then when the time comes and the Lord at the burning bush says, now Moses, now's your time. But in the meantime, God was training him. Not the Egyptian way. Not his intellectual way. But he was training him to be a shepherd of sheep. He was going to lead the children of Israel. Took 40 years to get him to that place. I hope for you it's not going to take 40 years. Think of David. Remember all his brothers? Samuel came and all his brothers were rejected. And God chose a little shepherd boy because he knew how to shepherd sheep. He knew how to love and to care. And he was trained before he even went into, had, a, had his heart trained in, in, in Saul's house, remember? Saul tried to kill him. And, and Saul got a demon and he learned how to control the demon by worshipping. Trained. They were all trained first before they were launched into what God had for them. And then we get glimpses of, of what's up ahead. So, you know, we were, we were in Marichidor and we were going down to see Sister's sister who was in Forbes. And I was talking about Forbes because, you know, a lot of flooding at the moment down there. And uh, so we went to visit a, a friend who had a church down in Alexander Headlands and in the in the surf lifesaving club, and they all all they get all the, the sun bakers into the church, and I'm sitting there, and he says, um, "There's somebody going on holiday. God has a word for him." Well, I sat there. I was going in about two weeks, so I wasn't, you know, and so I just sat there. He said, "No, I got this word. God is wants to go on holiday with you." Well, that was the word he gave me, but uh, I eventually stood up and, and that's what he said. God's going on holidays. <laughs> I thought, that's nice. <laughs> what does that mean? What is, that's nothing. <laughs> anyway, we got up and we went down to Forbes and my brother-in-law was uh, doing the pastoral work down in the, in the Anglican church in Forbes and he said, Rod, would you share Sunday night? And I said, Okay. That's fine. And I shared about the Father's heart. You know, the Holy Spirit came down on that place. Lives, fathers turned to children, children to fathers. The Holy Spirit just was poured out. And and it went on for days. The minister's son had run away and got on drugs, came back home. That 
same week, got rid of all his drug stuff and, and, and came back to his father. It was just amazing things. But it was a little taste of what God had up ahead. You know, you've all had tastes, every one of you. But some of you have let go. Some of you haven't gone through the whole process and served and served and let God grow you and teach you and help you to be what he wants you to be. Well, when we went to Malaysia on our first trip, (laughs) Sue sold a couple... (laughs) We won't go there, I suppose. But anyway, a guy came in a guy came into where I was working and he said, oh, I was going to buy a truck. You can buy it. And I thought, that's a strange thing. I said, how much? He said, $400. And I thought, oh, well, the motor's probably worth $400. So I'm going to have a look at it. Got looked at this truck and it drove really nice. And I thought, oh, that's pretty good. I'll give the $400 because the motor's probably worth that. And I got it home. I did a few little things on it. And then I put it, we put it in the paper. And uh, Sue said, we've got the money for our trip. See, you know, God was going before us because it's his ministry, not my ministry. This is his church, not my church. And he had prepared, well, sort of prepared me. On our first trip, we got to KL, and that was a culture shock. And then he, the uh, pastor said, oh, I'm taking a team to KL, you're going into the village. And so I'm leading a team, a first team overseas and uh, now, and so we go into this village. And, you know, you know, I said to one of the people on my team, I said, would you like to share a testimony? And they shared my whole message. I didn't know what to do. And, and so the pastor laughs about it and said, well, that was the shortest sermon I've ever heard. And, 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 you know, and I didn't know what to do. Everything had gone. I thought, I'm dumb. And I really thought, man, I can't remember anything in the Bible I read. It's all gone. <laughs> it was pretty distressing. But I walked down the street and I visibly saw the, uh, a vision of the Holy Spirit right there with me. I said, this is it. It's where God is. I'm here. It's going to be okay. And in that service, I didn't know what to do. And the Lord said, get her to pray in in the spirit and you pray in the spirit. And tell them, same language, same family. And people started to respond. Because it was his ministry. He was doing it. And so we started then taking teams, just like we did into Kenilworth and Imble. Exactly the same. We'd already been trained to do it, and now we're doing it. And then, see, and we forget. We, get, we come up to Jesus. For 30 years, you don't read that Jesus did anything. I mean, he had a little time at the temple, right, with the, with the guys and astounded them, but that's all you hear. You know what he was doing for 30 years? He was studying the, the word of his father, he was training for the ministry. He was only in ministry for three years. 
But you know what happened when he started the ministry? Straight away, the enemy came to attack him. If he hadn't have been trained, and he hadn't have been right, he could have been taken out right there. Think about that. Because I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. The promises that God has promised you that haven't come to fruition because you've let things come and take you out. But it's never too late to, to get going again. So, of course, the devil came after 40 days of, and, 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 and tempted Jesus. You know, James says, the trying of your faith. You can't say, I've got faith in God. If, an, if something comes against you and you fail. God's going to try your faith. If you say you've got faith, he's going to try it. Now he did that for those three years with 12 people. Now let's think of that. For, for that three years, he had 12 disciples that he took on a journey. And they faced all sorts of stuff. He took them. He took them into it. Remember one time he went up to pray and, and, and he sent them out in the boat. <laughs> and then they got out in the middle and a big storm came and he, Jesus comes walking on the water. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. It was all part of his training them. They had to experience things. You know, after... After um, Malaysia, I then spent time in, in Indonesia and then, uh, then Africa and America and Haiti. And so we've been around a little bit since those days and true, true to the word of the Lord. But tests came. I remember one test. We were saving up. The Lord said, go to Africa. <laughs> I said to him, why me? I mean, you've got right hand bonking. You've got all these guys over there. Why would I go? And he said, Rob, because you'll go places that they won't go. There's places you'll go that I won't go or Tim won't go that the Lord wants you to go. But you have to be strong enough. You have to be prepared. And he does that. So, so we're getting ready for Africa, first of all, first test. He says, we'd saved $1,000. We're going for a whole year to Africa. <laughs> and so there's a couple in Malaysia that need to come home and, and they said, uh, look, would um, somebody help them with their airfares? And I'm at work and the, and the Lord says, send them your $1,000. I guess it was probably how much does money mean? <laughs> And so I came home and I said to Sue, I thought, I thought, man, I'm in trouble now. I came home to Sue and she says, the Lord spoke to me and told me to give, we've got to give that $1,000. That was all we had. Our neighbours next door had plenty of money. I could have said, gone back and said, hey, use them. But anyway, we sent the $1,000 to help them. You know, the Lord provided, made sure that we had enough for that trip. Then 
we were going to face a lot of things that we don't face here. So we had a little foster daughter, 11 years old, um, been with us for six years, and she became very sick. And, uh, you know, godly people, we pray over her and, and do everything we need to do and have her to the doctor and, and, and everything. And I, I had this feeling inside something's wrong. So at the end of the week, I ended up... Um, taking her back to the, to the doctor and he said, you need to get her to Nambo Hospital right away. And so that night they're talking about helicopters flying out of Brisbane and, and then they ended up taking her by ambulance because there was a bit of a storm at the time. And, and uh, when I got down on uh, Brisbane on Monday, they said, call the family in, she's going to die. There's no one has ever lived this sick. I'm her father, foster father. I love those kids. And I just went for a walk. I said, Father, don't let her die. I want her to live. I couldn't say much more than that. <laughs> there was no flowery prayers, let me tell you. It was desperation. I was desperate. But you know, the Lord healed that little girl. She had bleeding internally inside her lungs and and the doctors don't know what cured her or anything, had no idea. And all around her room were miracle, miracle, miracle. You know, one of the first thing, uh, things I had to face when I got to uh, Ghana was there was a man lying on the ground and, and the pastor's wife going, Death, get out of him! Death, get out of him! <laughs> and then she looked up at me <laughs> and says, You take over. Listen, to be real honest, my head was gone. I mean, I'm trying to think. Oh, the, the word of the Lord. The Lord said, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I'm thinking of all these scriptures that all, all I could do. Death, get out of it. Death, get out of it. And uh, he'd been sent home from hospital. His heart had been pierced. And uh, um, he was sent to die. Well, I did my bit, <laughs> put him in the, in the uh, car and then took him back to the hospital. On the way, he died again. She just pulled him out of the car and threw him up against the car and said, you'll live, you won't die. <laughs> he comes back to life again. <laughs> and, uh, and she said to me later, she said, in your country you have a lot of medical, you know, things you, you can put your trust in. But here... If, if God doesn't do it, we're lost. So here's 12 people and God is trying to teach them by taking them into different experiences. Same as you. Same as me. We, God allows things to happen to take us in that we can grow and know that he's faithful, and know that he's with us. But then he says, will you trust me? And we say, let me think about it. Because the truth is that a lot of us say we trust him. But when it comes to the crunch, we revert back to 
we've got to look after ourselves to the old life. God really wants us to walk in victory. So I saw when, when, when people jumped into the river and said, I'll trust you with everything I've got. I'll just let you take control. And I saw them going down the river into a pool of peace. And then I saw the Lord lift them up and hold them there above the waters because they were his and they let go of everything else. I guess my question is, how much have we let go? John the Baptist said, I must decrease that he must increase. And that's for us. But when we get the test of faith, we've got to stay in there. You know, one didn't. Remember Judas? The others went through all these different experiences. I mean, some tough ones that looked like failure. Remember, they went up the mountain, three of them, they came down, and there was a boy getting thrown into the fire, and the people said, can you pray for him and set him free? And they couldn't do it. But it was a learning curve. It was all part of the learning. Jesus just said, well, if you pray and fast, you can get rid of that stuff. It was all training for what was ahead Where are you today? Judas didn't let go. He held on. He didn't trust Jesus. And he held on to the money and the money took him out. What's holding you back today? Have you said, Jesus, here's my life, take it, and trusted him with your life? When when we're talking communion, it said they love not not their life unto death. Because they trusted that God's got you. You know, we've travelled a lot and been to a lot of places and he has not failed us once. We've seen miracles. We've seen him. A lady who was a cripple brought in a wheelbarrow to one of our crusades. And put her, put, her, put her on the ground and, and I didn't even know what was wrong. I just prayed for her, said to the people, get her up. And she started dancing. Old lady, dancing. <laughs> you know, that was a Muslim village. And our Jesus healed that lady. That's what it's all about. Working with him. Going with him. Owning nothing. And letting the process happen. Every one of these stories is God in their story. I've shared some of God in my story. But where's God in your story? Let's pray. Heavenly Father. It's really hard for us to get rid of the self. To trust you with all our heart. Lord, when you showed me that river, 
it was a river of holiness. It was a holy river because it was your river. Thank you, Lord, for, Lord, not throwing us out there and telling us to swim without having you with us. Lord, when I was looking at that river, I was just thinking about the many times that we've flown in a plane. And Lord, the pilots just put that on autopilot. They didn't have to do a thing. Lord, thank you that you can put our lives, we can put our lives on autopilot and know you've got it. And, and you know what you're doing. So, Father, this morning, I pray, Lord, if there's some that have been, Lord, experienced things with you in their lives, but they've, Lord, um, stepped back because of different situations that have happened in their lives. Lord, I pray this morning that they'd come and there'd be a, a great turning and, and a renewing of their faith in you. That, Lord, we wouldn't leave this place without being changed by your mighty Holy Spirit. So, Lord, we're just asking now for the Holy Spirit to move in this place, that you start touching lives, that you start transforming lives, that, Lord, we'd be one people, one mind, and stand just with you. Father, we thank you. We thank you for our Lord Jesus. And release the Holy Spirit into this place in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're like that and you've gone through the journey and you've come up and you've been tried, tested, and you couldn't make it, you gave up. Will you come this morning? Will you come and renew the calling, renew the commitment, renew your walk with the Lord? Will you come?